Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Look, we're in Breakfast with Champions this morning, the Millionaire Breakfast Club where everybody has a seat at the table. I come here every Tuesday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. to just pour out 
everything that I've learned and everything that I'm learning share with you and then to engage with you to help create unstoppable people to live in the life of their dreams, which is my mission. And so today, uh, you know, I wanted to bring my friend back. Some of you may have been here in the past, the last few times that monthly we bring my coach, my friend, Richard Dolan, in to share with you. And let's say hi to Rich Dolan real quick. What's up, Rich? Good morning, my man. Great to hear your voice, man. I miss you. We, uh, we used to see each other more often. You should. I got to get back to that. Let's do it. So, so before we get started here, I just want to get these shares up. Remind everybody there is a comment section on the left. Let's pour some energy into the comments. Let's keep them positive and elevating. And uh, also the share box at the bottom, the little square with the arrow pointing up. We're at 95 right now. I'm going to set a target for all of us. And remember, this isn't doing this for me. This is doing this for all the people in the room and the people that'll see that share and pour, like, we'll pull them in here. We're doing our service for the day, pulling people in so that we can pour into them and make people have an opportunity to be better, to hear something that may, may change their life. It only takes one, one thing a lot of times or one person that can change life. So if you do that today, let's set the target at 150. We need 150 shares, that's 55 shares. And I'll be keeping an eye on that as I usually do, focus on the target. And if you guys can all help me, I'd really appreciate it. Just if you've already shared the room, do it again. Let's get the 150, help out. So with that being said, um, there's a thought that I had today about talking about, you know, when I bring a guest on or co-host, you know, sharing what they've done in the past, sharing what I've done in the past so that you know that we've been there, right? We've done that. And I think it's important, the past, but I also think it's important and maybe even more important to talk about what you're doing right now and also what you what your plans are for the future, what you're focused on in the future. Because if we're trying to help folks and we've done something in the past, but we've let off the gas pedal and we just, we're, we're in coast mode, complacency, comfortability, we're just in that mode, it's very difficult to help people. It's very difficult to be in touch with people right now. And I would like to real quick start off by uh, just sharing a couple things that I'm working on and what the vision is, and then also let Rich do that as well, so that before we provide content today, provide value to you, you, you kind of hear what we have going on. So first of all, Blueprinted is, is uh, live now. Blueprinted is the platform that is a marketplace of step-by-step -step processes in all different areas of life. Instead of taking a course, we give you actionable steps to follow on a daily basis to build confidence to a greater outcome. Whether it's you wanna start a podcast, whether you wanna develop a personal brand, whether you want to be a coach or mentor, how do you get started? Whether you want to learn to speak on stages, put a story together, be a better parent, spouse, whatever that thing is, maybe you want to write a book. There are step-by-step -step guides to follow, to learn on the way, but getting things done on the way. That's what Blueprinted is. And right now, not just the marketplace, but also the Creator Studio is open. And the Creator Studio allows you to go in and build your own blueprint. There's also an option for us to do it with you. So if you go in there and you blueprinted.com, you hit uh, become a creator, you'll see those two options and you can pick whichever is right for you. And right now, just for this clubhouse room and for this time, we're allowing people to come into the creator studio for free, play around in the sandbox for 30 days until your card is charged $129 a month. After that, you can publish your blueprint, sell it for whatever price you want. And it's all available there if you have any questions. But that's what we're working on. We're working on building a community around that and getting uh, traction to, to become you know, viral with it. So I'm excited about this. It's innovative. 
We also have another platform behind it called Tipperosity, which I've partnered with a former NBA player, Larry Sanders. Tipperosity is a innovative way to tip people. And also we have innovative ways to change the way people think about tipping and raise tips in the service industry. So that's coming behind that. Many other things we're working on, but I just want to give you a little taste of, of what I'm into and what, what way I approach this too. And I'd love to hear Rich's thoughts on after he shares what he's into is the way I approach being able to get all this stuff done is I find people that can make things easier for me. I put them in places to take up the tasks that need to be done that I don't have to be involved with, which frees up my time to be able to focus on the important things that I'm good at and that need me so that I can do a lot more over a, like a, uh, you know, um, at any one moment. I'm, I'm, I'm into a lot of different things, but I have a team that I'm building strategically to take care of a lot of things. So with that being said, Rich, what have you been into lately, man? Hey, man, it's always great to be on this for sure. I want to just say good morning to everyone that takes the time to hang out on Clubhouse, in particular, having breakfast with champions. It's not breakfast with chumps. So it says something to all of you about the kind of commitment you've got in being here while you're making breakfast and getting ready for your day and shoving your kids off to school or simply just easing your way into another Tuesday. So thank you so much for having me here and as a part of your day. I mean, when it comes to doing great things, we, we all have to know that that anything and everything, and I do mean anything and everything, has always got to stretch you today so that you experience more than yesterday. And what I mean by that is that we are only surviving machines. Like after all, our brains have only perfected one act over 3 million years, and that's the act of survival. So the act of survival means to keep things simple, to keep things predictable, to be comfortable and to be really cool being comfortable. And that's why you have a favorite spot on the couch. That's why you have a favorite restaurant to go to. That's why you always have a go-to meal when you're hungry. I mean, that's why you typically will drive the same way to work or the same way to school to pick up the kids or to do the exact same thing because we're creatures of habit by design. So to disrupt that design is to do one thing. And that one thing, that one thing really makes a difference. And that one thing is more. So when you take on just a little bit more, when you go to the gym, just one extra day, right? When you take a different route home from work every day, when you cook something new that you've never done once a week, if you do something new, if you do something you've never done, you're going to get something you've never had. So a big part of what you're doing, Mike, as you have just carefully crafted from blueprint to tiprosity and to other things that I know you're up to, this is all about expanding, expanding the game of life. And if you're writing down notes, folks, I'd write that down. You know, as a coach myself, as a mentor, as a trainer, as someone who uh, has a very large coaching portfolio where a big part of it is working with professional athletes, another part of it is working with, you know, very large uh, CEOs who are in charge of very large portfolios of business and operations. I also coach people who are coaches and trainers. And, and there, if there's one thing I'll always speak from is the metaphor that life is a game. So play it. Life is a game. So play it. And, and that's why see rocks measuring in the comments, you know, 50, that's a game he's playing, right? Uh, blueprint, uh, getting it to being very uh, tribal by being viral through community. That's a game he's playing. And, and the list goes on. Being a great dad is a game he's playing to two wonderful children. I mean, that's the game he's playing. So, you got to always ask yourself that that when it comes to the title of this call today, which is executing a master plan, the master plan's a game. And if you're not playing a game that's bigger than the one you played yesterday, then you're simply staying small. And if you're small, you'll never have anything significant. 
So, I mean, as a backdrop to everything that has already been said, it serves as a context for what I'm going to respond to your question earlier, C-Rock, which is a long-winded way of saying, hey, I'm going to always be up to bigger things. I mean, you and I have known each other now for what, four years? I, I would say about four years. Somewhere somewhere in that range, yep. yep. And, and I've got to admit that four years ago, the game I was playing was was much different and by measure far smaller than the game I'm playing today. And And playing a game doesn't have to just be about money. It doesn't have to be about zeros. It doesn't have to be about something shiny. It could just be more actions. It could be feeling more uncomfortable. It could, and here's the big one. It could be having you be inside of worlds and industries you're unfamiliar with. Cross-pollinating yourself. There's a word of the day, cross-pollinating yourself, right? Cross-training, cross-pollinating. Cross-pollinating yourself into other worlds where you're learning almost entirely new languages. As an example, I've entered that decentralized world in a very, very big way. Working with one of the world's largest decentralized investment banks. Man, I couldn't spell NFT months ago. I didn't understand what a blockchain was. I, did, I couldn't quite understand why would anyone want to hold cryptocurrencies. So I've had to learn. I've had to learn that language, and I'm sure a lot of you too have done the same as your 15-year-olds taught you why tokens matter, why gamifying your life is the future, why the metaverse is where they're hanging out. I'm and sure by the you, way, hey, Rich, not please. to interrupt you, but but you're you're coming from a finance background and you thought that, that, mm -hmm. that why would anybody? So it's not like you're you're not familiar with money and finances and wealth, So and you thought that. So No, absolutely. So so being in that world and, and just hanging out in that space is a great way to do something more, right? Checkbox number one to do something new, checkbox number two, to do something I've never done, checkbox number three. And, and that's, that's really cool because it's introducing me to new people and new conversations and new countries and, and new industries. So, um, so for me, I've been really hanging out very heavily in the decentralized space, um, notwithstanding the fact that I continue to run my coaching portfolio and, and other businesses. So it's, um, it's been fun uh, to say the least. Well, I want to, I would like to put a link up the top for you, Rich. What what, what link is Richard Dolan? Okay. Dot com. Yeah, absolutely. Richard Dolan. Yeah. Okay. Richard Dolan.com for those who okay. get to my website, you know, I'd love for you to follow me. You'll notice that you'll be invited to a lot of live coaching sessions all the time. Uh, you'll notice that there'll always be free giveaways all the time. I'm not one who likes to push and sell hard, uh, but I do like to educate hard. So, uh, you're welcome to my, 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 my life. You're welcome to my home. You're welcome to learn and, uh, to take what you need. Did I lose UC Rock? No, I'm trying to put the link up there. I think I got it. Just uh, double check that. I think it is. Yep, it popped up. Okay. You got it. Yeah. While I'm in there doing that link, guys, the microphone button doesn't work. So I apologize for the silence there. <laughs> That's on me. So <laughs> it's amazing. In, in in radio, just like just like Clubhouse, silence is the killer. But there's one thing we never like in our space. Uh, is silent. So it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, but, all right, cool. So I got that up there. So check Rich out. Look, guys, uh, for the last three some years, I've spent probably two to three hours a week with Rich. And that was via the free coaching calls that he does, which he'll offer. I think you still do some free ones, right? And then you have. I do. Okay. So if you go to that link, check it out. If you have questions for Rich, just message him. But I started going and just hanging out with him for an hour at a time you know, in, in a group setting on Zoom and just listening to him because I, I heard that he was working with some really powerful people, some some well-known people, 
He had a lot of great accomplishments and a lot of people that presidents, Oprah, had said great things about him. And so I, w- I wanted to find out more about this guy. I want to say, you know, what, what do these people see in him? Not that I didn't see anything in him, but I wanted to know more and I, I wanted to dig. So I spent time with him. And that's something that, that if you're taking notes, you want to write down is that you want to start inve- like investing time and energy and, and some of your attention units into people that either you've heard great things about from, from people that you, you respect and admire or that you know that they've done great things. And then kind of immerse yourself as much as you possibly can into that, into that, trying to get into their head, man. And so I did that for a long time. And I can tell you right now that I just watched, Rich, I just watched the video of when I spoke in Vegas about a month or so ago. They sent me the link, the edited link. And I watched myself just like I was watching game film. And I used to not like to do that. I used to not like to hear my voice. I used to not like to watch and just, I used to cringe. But I got to tell you, man, I was, I was, if I do say so myself, I, I was really impressed with myself and the development that I've achieved, which stemmed from hanging out with you learning from you, uh, from being at Rich Speak in Miami when you had that. I hope you have another event like that soon. You bet. And, um, the, you know, guys, listen, it's important to assess yourself over time after you invest time and energy into people and into yourself. And, uh, man, I just, I, I, I want to share this with you all because it, it's so rewarding, man. It, it is fulfilling when you see the results. But you got to stick, put your head down and you have to keep going after it consistently. Rich, you want to speak to that? Well, you do. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever you are committed to, your body will follow. So I'd write that down, folks, if you got the opportunity to whatever you're committed to, your body will follow. And so, you know, when people start talking about, uh, you know, I, I really want to lose a little bit of weight and I notice that they're overweight. Well, listen, their commitments not to losing weight, not yet. Right. Or I, I got to get my finances in order and, and their, their checkbooks not balanced and they don't have any savings. Well, they're not committed quite yet. I mean, they want, they want to be great at the game of coaching or speaking or impacting, and yet they're not really there yet because they ain't committed yet. I mean, a commitment is driving a nail into the ground. It's drawing the line of demarcation from where you were to where you are going, and it is the place that you start and begin from. And you can always start and begin from anywhere, at any age, at any stage. And at any state in mind and in heart and in, in life. So for you, Mike, I mean, you, you know, coming out to my events and, and being trained by me and being mentored and such is, is only as powerful as the commitment you've arrived with. I mean, you know, by way of being associated in those rooms and classrooms, and I, I know that all of you here in some way, shape or form participate in programs, you go to workshops, you've even ran across the burning coals. And I mean, there are people who were there too, but didn't get the same breakthroughs that you did didn't get the same transformations you did, didn't, didn't learn as much, didn't write down as many notes, didn't, didn't get as much as you have. And you've got to ask yourself the question, why? What, what's the difference between you and someone beside you who got, let's say, next to nothing? And the reason why is because the commitment shapes the learning. Oftentimes, we go through the motions of attending workshops, going to programs, heck, even coming on a clubhouse call. And if you don't have a commitment to walk out of there with something and implement it immediately into your life and infuse it, evidently, then you went, you're just listening. You're just, you're just being entertained. In fact, we'll call that adult babysitting where I just want to have some white noise on. I just want to have a sense of learning something, 
but you don't know if you've learned something if you've not implemented it. So for you, I think what was amazing was to see that you were really truly hungry. You're, you were so committed and it was demonstrated and evidenced by you putting it in place, getting a speaking gig and implementing the things you've learned at my rich speak program, the program where we teach people over two days, uh, the source to confidence and being able to speak one to one, one to few or one to many. And, and you practice that. I mean, you already came pretty well equipped, I have to admit, but uh, it's like, you know, teaching Tiger how to shave a, a stroke or two off a game. I mean, that's that's amazing, but he's already pretty damn good. So you were already pretty damn good. So so for everyone here on the call, no matter what you're up to, you may not be a coach, you may not be a mentor, you may not be a trainer, you know, but maybe you're a dad, maybe you're a mom, you know, maybe you want to be a source of inspiration in your world. And I would like to say this is that at the very minimum, and I want you to write this down, at the very minimum, you that's right, you, and I'm talking to like Michelle and Michael and Christina, I'm talking to Monica and, and, and Heath and Pamela and Shana, talking to Maya and I mean, Ed and Lauren and Tim and Tyler, Cindy, Gary, Tony, Carol, Sandra, I'm, I'm talking to you. You must be a living demonstration for whatever it is you stand for, for whatever it is you're committed to. You must be first the living demonstration because that's the key, that's the catalyst. That's where commitment shines bright. When you're a living demonstration for whatever it is that you're up to, I don't care what it is, as long as you're a living demonstration for that work, for that stand, for whatever you're speaking or speeching about, that then becomes the catalyst to cause more. Does that make sense, Mike? Of course it does. And speaking of notes, I can't tell you, guys, I have so many. I started off actually with uh, physical notebooks. And I would, I mean, I literally, I, I wrote them all down. I mean, I can go back and, Man, I could probably write a book of called uh, "What I Learned from Rich." Maybe I'll do that one day when I become when I become what I want to become. I mean, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, let me see something here. Somebody's coming in. All right. So the other thing is, um, then I switched to what I think it's called the Remarkable. Uh, it's an electronic notebook, but it feels like you're writing on paper. And then I filled that thing up, and I got rich notes, and it's amazing. And I know others that uh, my buddy Mike Neal, he used to send me his notes so that we could. Uh, compare notes, make sure that we solve things from different perspectives. And we, we really, I don't know if you know that rich, but we, we really kind of took your talks and we dissected them and looked at them from all different angles. And, uh, I think that was cool. Um, you know, Michael Neal's a really, uh, intelligent individual. He, he was assigned my buddy. You assigned us buddies, uh, as we went through the mastery coaching program. And, uh, I thought that was really cool. So, um, you know, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, when we're talking about commitment, some people think they're making commitments, right? Some people don't trust themselves to make a commitment because they've let themselves down with the little things. You know, I've been talking a lot about sh like closing your drawers and I'm not talking about your pants. I'm talking about your dresser drawers because I just, you know, sometimes you go through your day and you, and you get a moment where you're like, whoa, this, this, this kind of relates to what we talk about. I noticed my dresser drawers were kind of not shutting all the way. And it wasn't because of lack of effort by me to push them shut, but there was something getting caught in a couple of them behind it. Some clothes fell behind it. And I could have just left it so that this is a white, it's, it's a white dresser drawer. And you see when it's open, you can really tell because it's got the, the openings dark color, right? So you can really tell it kind of looks messy. And I could just left that there. But to me, that was not, holding to my standards that I set for myself. So I took the time to reach back, find out why it wasn't shutting and close them all the way. This goes for making your bed. This goes for straightening your shoes in your closet. This goes for a lot of things. 
and people, you, you, you've heard the term, I think Mike, my, uh, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski said, how you do one thing is how you do everything, or maybe he just requoted somebody. But it's these little things that you build trust upon yourself so that when you do make commitments, larger commitments, you don't have a problem keeping those commitments to yourself. So it's deciding, and, and I didn't hear you use the word decisions, because I think that when we can attack these little things throughout our day to make sure that we complete cycles, close the drawers, right? And then you make a decision to do that. That decision leads to you being able to commit and trust yourself, right, Rich? No, you bet. I mean, you know, as, uh, as you know, I, I've, I've reinvented and I've reimagined coaching because I've been doing it for so long and built a program called Rich Advisor. So I've had a lot of students just like you and, and maybe some folks who were on this call saying, hey, I really want to learn a way and an approach that really shifts people's relationship to what it means to be at the source of success, starting with me. And, and it took me 20 years to really build this program because I had to live it. I had to live through every lesson, every, every evolution, every, every insight. And, and as a result, Rich Advisor powerfully sets people up to really truly get themselves and others to the source of what it takes to be successful. And, and one of the things that we talk about in the program is this term called optionality. And, and optionality is the act of developing options in your life. Now you see, why would I say options? Because we talk a lot about commitment, but then we always have to ask ourselves, why is it that there's so many commitments being made and so many goals being written, but so few successful people coming out of that as a result? Because functionally under the surface of the person who writes down a commitment has a goal. That goal came from a vision. But when you start to ask yourself, where did the vision get born from? You start to realize that much of that is maybe fantasy or imagination, maybe even inspiration. You know, you went to a workshop on a weekend and you got inspired. You know, you saw an old friend of yours drive up on a really nice car that's nicer than yours. And you thought, what the heck? Or, or on and on it goes. So optionality is really actually beginning from the be beginning at the beginning which is pioneering possibilities to ask yourself, what are all the options that are available in my life that are available to me now that I can start zeroing in on, converging on and selecting from, you call it focus. So that out of that, I write some goals and out of that comes some commitments. And the only way, the only way you know you're a human being that's truly, truly committed to succeeding as in getting those goals hit is action action are is commitment right in motion action is commitment in motion just because you're doing stuff doesn't mean you're doing the right thing i've seen a lot of people waste a lot of time and they're not on purpose they're not intentional around their actions so i mean for for what the context of this conversation is really all about is is for you mike i mean by by conversation and through observation you're you're quite clear on what it is that you're up to and I think a lot of people just aren't. So when it comes down to asking yourself, am I really satisfied with this level of success and experience I have in my life? And should you not be as happy as you know you deserve to be? You have to pause for a moment and ask yourself why, right? And a big part of it is because we're conditioned to survive. We are wired to get by. We, we, we are trained to be okay with just enough. And the antidote to that is just doing more, right? Just doing more. You know, I remember growing up, I had a mentor. And of course, if you're lucky enough to have a mentor and be a mentee in your lifetime, 
that's that's an incredible honor. But this mentor's name was David, and I remember working for him. He was the he was the King Kong of the financial services business. I mean, this guy was a big guy. He was the chairman and the CEO, and I got under his wing for a period of time. I would have been in my early twenties, and, and I remember coming up on him on a Thursday and and asking him for an hour of his time just to get a sense of what would it take for me to- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day be one day where he is. And so we took the appointment, we sat down and just like a real proper student, I sat real straight in his chair. I was in my Sunday's best dress and I had my notebook out and I was studious and I was ready to take notes. And the number one thing he did was he said, let me ask you something, son, have you read the book such and such? And I don't recall the title off the top of my head, but I said, no, I did not. So he walks over to his bookshelf, massive bookshelf. It adorned the entire wall, one wall of his entire office, which was massive, a corner suite uh, overlooking the city in which I was in. And he put it on the desk and he goes, but have you read this book, this book, and this book? I said, uh, no, no, and no. I started noticing myself sinking in his chair. You know, those kind of fancy chairs, the, the puffy leathery chairs with the studs in them. They're so puffy, but if you get them in them on the wrong angle, you can sink in pretty low. <laughs> so here I was sinking out of embarrassment. <laughs> I was sinking. I was so sloped. I'm, I'm six foot two. I shrunk down to like three foot two. I mean, I was, I lost three feet of height in that chair. And uh, before you knew it, there was about six books in front of me that I had not read before. And I was embarrassed just to actually admit I had not. So he looked at me, he says, listen, son, if you want my mentorship, I need you to read these books by Monday. And I looked at a Monday. Now, these were big books. These weren't like small books. They were, you know, these weren't just, you know, quick reads. Uh, I mean, they were just massive. I said, sir, I mean, by Monday, he goes, that's right. And I said, how am I supposed to read all these books by Monday? And he says, well, wake up an hour earlier, go to bed a couple hours later. So sure enough, you know how the story ends, right? I end up showing up on Monday, five o'clock, end of, end, end of business day, which is when he had scheduled my appointment. So I had that day as well. Guys, I finished every single one of those books. Now I took notes because I thought he was gonna actually like quiz me on them because he was that kind of guy. He was known to be that kind of guy. I finished reading six books in a weekend. Guys, that was six more books than I read in my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not, no kidding. I had never read that many books in my life, let alone read a book in my life up until that moment. And uh, so I sat down ready, guys, I was ready. I was, I was army ready. I was waiting for him to ask me a question. I was waiting him for, to, to quiz me about one of the books ask me a theme, what was the outcome, what was the climax, what was the point, what was the objective? And for an entire hour, he didn't ask me one single question. So it was burning me up, Mike. In the end, I asked, David, can I just ask you a question, sir, before I leave your office? He goes, yeah, sure. Oh, the books, that's right. Why don't you put them back over here on, on, on my desk? I'll put them away. I said, you're not gonna ask me a single question about these books, these six books, these six books I read all weekend. It took me a whole weekend. I woke up two hours earlier. I went to bed three hours later. I, I crushed it, man. I, I, you didn't ask me a damn thing. You know what he said to me? Here's what he said, Mike. What you read was irrelevant. Who you became to read them is. And I thought to myself, wow. Never again could I ever go back in my life and ever complain about going to bed too late. Never again could I go back to my life and ever complain about waking up an hour or two too early. 
I mean, never again could I go back and actually say to myself, oh my God, that's too much. He trained me over a weekend to shift my relationship between what's enough and what's more. And we just do enough. That story is meant to really just animate the fact that we really just do enough. And this clubhouse is a great start, right? Scheduling your own clubhouse would be another great expansive start. You know, doing more is what's going to save you. Doing more is what's going to save humanity. Doing more is what I believe is going to save the future of this planet for our children. We have to do more. We have to do more to save the planet, to, to curb climate, to, to, to preserve this globe, to, to end hunger, to, to strike down poverty, to create, you know, inclusion, to create financial equality. There, there's so much more we must do. We have got to do more. And, and that was just a story that I wanted to share to animate just exactly how I got introduced to more. Mike, what do you think? Wow. Well, yeah, I got to talk about that. I got to talk about that topic, who you become in a second here. But before I do that, we need to hit 150 shares, guys. I'm following the target. 150, we're at 117 right now. We need 33 more if my math is correct. Let's do. Let's shoot for 34 to break 150. Uh, right down there, the little square at the bottom, I see some more coming through, the arrow at the top. Let's keep sharing. None other than that, that we're just playing a game. We're just playing a game to get to 151, and I need your help to do it because I can't do it myself. And that's another lesson. When you're doing and playing a game, you need a team. Even in solo sports, they have a team built around them. So I need all of you to be on my team right now. Let's hit 150. So, Rich. And by the way, I, I got I to interject for a second, by the way, because you play games all the time, and, and you're asking people something that's very important. I know that sometimes people go into Instagram and whatnot, and, they, and they'll look at your pictures, but they don't want to like it. You know, they'll notice you post something, but they don't want to comment. And, and, and ultimately, innately, we don't want to see other people win a game. You've got to see yourself playing the same game Mike is playing. You've you got to see yourself, as he just called you out on, being a part of the team. You're not an audience. Folks, all, all how many are here? 230 people right now? None of you, and I do mean none of you, are an audience for Mike. You are all having a conversation. This is your conversation. It just so happens that he's leading the conversation. So if you're in the conversation and you're co-creating the conversation, that means you co-own the game he's playing. So it shouldn't even irk you, not even for a moment, unless you're driving, of course. It shouldn't even bother you, irk you, even come across as a thing to do. That if a comment's what it's going to take to have you put that, there should be 230 more comments right now. Every single person should, should contribute to making sure that you win your game, Mike, so they get to keep winning theirs which is keeping a conversation of breakfast for champions because that's what champions do. They do things they're told. You don't see athletes ever on a field of place pushing back on a coach thing, but why do you want me to go left and why not right? You don't see a, a player ever say, well, I want to go in right now, coach. Can you give me a couple more minutes because I don't feel really quite warm or engaged quite yet? Never. The difference between a professional player and those who are just playing for fun is the minute something's asked, it's done. It's just done. There's no thought. I'm not going to get to it. It's just done. So you got to consider that anytime you're in a clubhouse, anytime you're in a room, even when a speaker is speaking and actually leading the room, put yourself in their position and ask yourself the question, how would I want me responding? How would I want me responding? It's your game. Guys, this is your game. You're, this is your game. So I just want to make sure I put that as context. I couldn't help it because it's the coach in me. But, but and I mean, I work with professional teams and players, and I just got to say, Mike, your ask is small, and I get it, and that's cool. But the game you're playing is everyone's on this call. Everyone. All of you are playing the game. This is breakfast with champions. You're all champions. 
that term is yours to lose should you not participate. That's the key. Does that make sense, C-Rock? Love it. Yeah, love it. And I want to shout out some people that are sharing just to let them, you know, uh, let's let's get them some some honor and glory. Janice Alvarado, my buddy, she shared it. Christina Howard shared it. We got, let's see, Limitless Siga shared it. Kevin shared it. Dominica, Melissa, William, Megan. If I didn't say your name, I know you're there. Thank you so much, guys. We're at 145. Five more. Let's go. Let's play the game. Let's play the game. Rich, who you become. Somebody asked in the comments, why, why didn't he quiz him? Why didn't his mentor quiz him? Well, it's because he was, he was doing a drill or playing a game for Rich to become something, not to find out if he read it. And in that, in that this, this relates back to what you talked about with me back in the day when we first started, was there's a process. Trust the process. I know you want a result. I know you want to be this and have this, but trust the process. And I got to tell you, that, you know, and I, I'm not asking you this to, to share your beliefs right now, Rich, if you don't feel comfortable, I'm not asking for that purpose. You've never really shared with me what your beliefs are, but I know that mine, I'm, I'm unapologetically a believer in an all-powerful God. And I understand that God wants a result for us as well. He puts us on this planet and there's results out there for us, but, but the route to those results, Thanks. a lot of times we think we know the, the, the route and then we grind and grind and try to get there instead of just surrendering doing the best we can at any moment, as long as we're moving in the direction of our vision, our goal. And it's sometimes we try to fit a, a square peg in a round hole, trying to get a result. And we're, we're not following the, the, the divine or whatever you want to call it, universe's plan, or because sometimes we have to go through things first to get that result. And we don't know that. So that speaks to the word precision at the top of the room. Because I, I, I wanted to point this out to everyone. This is very important. And I love Rich's take on this. The definition of precision is the quality, condition, or fact of being exact or accurate. Okay, I'll say that again. The quality, condition, or fact of being exact or accurate. Let me tell you something, guys. When you have a master plan, I don't think that anybody, except for maybe one person that, that, that they say roamed this earth, that was perfect. So when you have a master plan, the plan, having a master plan, is not to be precise with it. That's not the purpose of it right? That it's not to be exact and accurate. You will never be exact and accurate. Accurate. I guess the pursuit of it could be the case, but Rich, I'd love for you to speak to that part. Well, you know, the reality for a lot of people around the act of precision is that we think that we've got to have it perfect in order for us to proceed. We think that somehow perfection lives in the act of performance, and that's not true. You know, per performance is the act of doing with an aim, goal, or focus in mind. So the only way that we know we're performing is if we're measuring. That's why I know you're performing. You're an agent of performance, C-Rock. You know, playing the game saying, hey, I wanna get 50 comments in here because you're holding yourself to account to a certain level of engagement among your audience. That's a noble thing. You know, most people won't do that. If you listen to radio, same thing happens. We're gonna ask a question of the audience. You know what, folks, call this number, call in right now, we'll answer your question. It's a form of engagement, right? They sell advertisements and those advertisers pay money and should they get calls and leads to sell their products and services, that's a form of engagement. And the richer the engagement, the more money the company or the broadcaster charges for you having the honor to advertise. It's all about engagement. But as far as Breakfast with Champions are concerned, performance is different than action. 
action is just the act of getting something done. Action is the act of moving. <laughs> it's the act of moving. It lives in the domain of doing. And a lot of people think that acting is also learning or contemplating or meditating or reflecting. And by the way, those are all very healthy, but they're not the same because they're not measurably impacting the net outcome. They may contribute, but they're not necessarily going to be true factors that make the result appear. Performance is evidenced by measuring your performance, measuring your results, the outcomes, etc. So for a lot of people around precision, people end up spending a lot of time preparing. So if you're writing down any notes, especially if you're a coach, mentor, or trainer, you might want to write this down because these are some of the signs that can lead to stalling. So number one is people spend a lot of time preparing. You know, they're preparing, they're preparing, they're preparing. They're reading, they're studying, they're examining, they're researching, they're interviewing, they're contemplating, preparing, right? Preparing is not performing. It's an act that leads to performance, but they spend a lot of time preparing. Another is that they start looking for a partner, people to partner up with. They're partnering. You know, they want to be a brand association with this brand or that brand. They buy a license or two. They want to, they need to get to that boot camp or go to that workshop or be a part of that conference. So they're partnering, they're aligning, and they think that the association's enough to performance. Not true, but it's a part of it. It truly is. But the one that really, in fact, leads people to really, in fact, get stalled for a long time, and you hit on it, and I want to make sure I underscore it, is perfecting. Inside the act of performance, perfection is pursued and never gotten. Perfection is pursued and never gotten. That's why professional players of every sport constantly train, constantly develop themselves, constantly are on the lookout for gaps in their abilities to create performance. But perfection is what we look for in our plans. And the reason is this, we're afraid. We have a fear. We have some angst or trepidation. Why? Because of those three keepers. Those three mental conversations that live inside of your mindset that says, hold on, hold on, hold on a second there, Cindy, Sally, Lisa, Jim, Jack, C-Rock. Just hold on a second. Before we do this, number one, what are they going to say? Because we fear judgment. Or number two, is is it are we going to look good are we going to look good if we do this and we break out man are we going to look good that's ego or what if we get it wrong what if we mess this up what if we lose everything and that's a true fear so judgment ego and fear jeff as an acronym serves me well because i don't have a good memory so i always talk in acronyms so judgment ego and fear are your three keepers the three mental constructs that live inside your mind. This is something else we teach in the Rich Advisor program. Helps you identify them for yourselves, but helps you identify them for people so that we can coach them through places and moments of being stuck where that's what keeps you stuck. That's what keeps you stalled. And that's what makes you start to really truly call the peak of a speed bump the summit. <laughs> the peak of a speed bump the summit where you're a consummate learner and observer and you're still, I'm still working on my plan. I'm still perfecting it. I'm almost there. I'm in version 10. You don't quite get out there. You don't quite break out. You don't quite launch your website. You don't quite get out of your shell or get into the world. 
And as a result, we, we have a far greater commitment to perfection than we do to performing because we think perfection lives in performance and it's not true. Performance is an evolving process. It continues and continually becomes better, right? But over time and with practice. Does that answer your question, c Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know, the thing for me, precision comes from putting your master plan out there and taking action and then adjusting based on the data that you're receiving from the actions you take. Then looking back, you have a blueprint. I'll throw a little plug in there. Blueprint. That is the precise plan that you followed <laughs> looking backwards. Does that make sense? Well, well, hold on a second. I mean, it's not just a plug, but it actually makes sense. I mean, you have to follow a plan. I mean, you, you can't just wing it. If you want to emulate what your grandmother made, if you want to emulate what your parents used to cook, if you want to emulate that that wonderful meal you had in Tuscany when you and your bride were there or you and your husband were on a on a beautiful trip, I mean, you, 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 you've got to follow a recipe. You can't just wing it. You can't just do a pinch of this and a dash of that. I mean, you've got to have metrics, measurements. You've got to follow the recipe. So to create and cause a precise outcome. But we think that we're smarter than that and we can guesstimate things. And that's just how we often deal with life. And it's not true. If you want to gain a competitive edge over your former self, follow a plan. And the reason why a plan is important, one of many reasons, like a blueprint, as you'd call it, C-Rock, is because that which you cannot measure, you cannot improve. What ends up happening is if you make a mistake, if you make an error, if you don't get what you wanted or didn't get what you thought you'd get, where can you go back and look at what move or maneuver, what step you took or failed to make that you make the correction for? You have no way to recall the plan, to sort of rewind the steps, if I may say, to see, oh, right, look at that. In step 15, we went left, not right. Let's correct that. Now let's repeat from the top. So what people don't realize is a plan's not about getting it perfect. A plan is about making progress. And progress leads to performability. And when you get a taste of performance, friends, you're going to say, give me some more. Kids who love to play, play because they have an experience of winning, of doing it right, having a joy in their conviction and the experience of their confidence. Friends, that's where play comes. Children don't play for days and weeks, something that they're not good at. Unless only one condition, they've made a commitment to be great at it. Like my son, who when he first picked up Fortnite, he was a disaster for days and then weeks. He could not get a kill for those kids who know what Fortnite is. I mean, he was a disaster. But he was so committed to winning that he then crushed the game and became nearly a professional gamer in the process where kids in his age bracket look up to him on how to play the game the way he has. Now, thank goodness he's got a good coach as a dad. <laughs> he's on he's on the family plan, by the way. I got him on a monthly. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that unless you have a really determined yeah. commitment, right, that won't happen. Does that make sense, C-Rock? Yep, yep, absolutely. And then uh, what, do you, what do you trade him as allowance for coaching? <laughs> <laughs> I do, you're right. All right. With the final 15 minutes we have here, I want to open it up, get some engagement from the audience. I want to just recognize that we did hit the 150 mark, 154 shares. Great job. I think that was 60 some shares. 
uh, of the room since we started today in this hour. Thank you so much, guys. You guys, listen, when we play a game and we win, we should celebrate for a little while. And then after we celebrate, the question is, Rich, do you remember what you taught me? After you celebrate a win, I think what's, the, what's yeah, you clipped out a little bit, but I think I'm going to assume that your 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 question is is that what do you do next? Next, next, that's right, exactly. That's right. All right, so let's, let's guys. Get, oh, go ahead, Rich. No, no, I was just gonna. I didn't know if you were cutting out or if you were I was, we were losing you, but just to just to really paraphrase your point in mind is is once you win a game, you have to quickly create a new one. Because in the absence of a game to play, you'll go back to playing the default game, which is what, guys? Just getting by. Just surviving. Just enough. We are surviving machines, not thriving machines. We're built to have it all, but we're conditioned to just make do with what we've got. So the minute you win a game, right, create a new one and create a new one and create a new one. Yeah, I remember I remember when we first started the calls and all that, and you said, C-Rock, you, you, got, you need to be playing a bigger game. <laughs> that that stuck with me and I always and that resonates with me still to this day like okay what's the next game I'm gonna play and, and it's got to be bigger it's got to be it's got to be more impactful you know and, and and what happens is you start to exponentially see results you exponentially your 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 environment starts to change people that are knocking on your door start to change it's it's more important quote unquote important people more powerful people more known people they start knocking on your door. Hey, hey, C-Rock, I love, I love to work with you on this. Hey, C-Rock, hey, why don't you come out here and do this with us? And I remember Tim Story also said this to me when I was impatient back in the day. He said, C-Rock, just keep doing what you're doing. Put your head down. Consistency, consistency. People will take you seriously once you're consistent. And when you're ready, we will come find you. So I just I want to encourage everyone in the room today, when you're on admission, you're on a journey trying to do something, be consistent, keep going, keep going. Because people will take you seriously once they start seeing you show up routinely. So while while that's being said here, let's let's open this up for the last eleven minutes or so with the uh, Hi, audience. Sarah. Yeah, questions, takeaways, comments. And by the Hi, way, before Sarah. we do that, yeah, I got you. Hold on one second. Um, before we do that, if you have loved what you heard from Rich today and you haven't followed him yet, please give him a follow. Go to his link up there. Check out his coaching. Um, he's got free calls he does on Zoom. Well, 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 well worth the time. And uh, my friend, go ahead. Please say your name. Hi, the name is uh, Gary Thompson. I just want to make a comment and then ask a question. Uh, Richard, I really, really love um, your last statement. You know, you mentioned that if you cannot measure it, there is major issue there. And uh, one of my book, I did say, you know, if you cannot measure, you cannot monitor. If you cannot monitor, you cannot control. And if you cannot control the goals that you're going after, most likely you have a, a runaway train. So I really love what you said there. It gave me that reflection. Earlier, you did mention optionality. I love it. However, the question that I want to ask, while it is necessary to have options, is it, how do you, relate to the concept of going after one goal at a time. And I know many person may have option because one goal doesn't work, you, you go to plan, plan, plan B, plan C. But I believe that you should have, um, while you have options, you should have a main project that you're working on. 
And based on the fact that you would have said that you have seen many persons take action, but do not achieve the goals that they have for themselves. We talk about informed action. And here is where great minds like yourself help the person build the one plan, but then you, we, they have mentorship, coaching, or what we call work with a PFA, a professional financial advisor, if they're going after financial goal. So the, this, the, the, to end the question, while option is important, um, what value would, would you put on having one goal and going after one goal at a time, killing that goal, and then you move to the other one? Richard? Well, my friend, you know, first of all, congratulations on your publication. I mean, anyone that publishes their thinking is uh, definitely up to great work. And so it's always commendable. So congratulations, number one. Uh, and you're right. What I, what I said was, if you can't measure it, you can't crush it. Um, if you can't measure it, you can't master it. So the, the act of measuring is the ultimate act of self-accountability. If you're writing down any notes, I'd write that down, self-accountability. When you measure it, you're self-accountable. So that's, that's just part one. Part two to your bigger question is it comes in two parts. And I think what's happened is that, and it happens in our world, this, this, this human betterment business, we collapse ideas and theories all the time. Where sometimes I hear people in the world saying that goals is a lot like a commitment or intention is a lot like your intention or action is really the same as, you know, goals and action. So sometimes words collapse, theories collapse. And so the distinctiveness, the distinction between the two is this part one, my friend, I was referring to optionality as in keeping your view of the world and the future, like you're a pioneer of possibilities always looking at opportunities in the world for yourself and farming them all the time. So you've got options. That's an act so that you can actually, in fact, curate an incredible slate of wonderful opportunities for you so that you can begin to select one over time. So it can to converge, then commit and focus on that one thing that moves to the second part of the question, which is, yes, I do agree with you. You know, focus is important. But what I've learned too is that is that that term plan B, I'm not suggesting that having options is a plan B, but in order to pivot when a pandemic strikes, when you get the call that sorry, we have to shut the doors down for the next two weeks, and you think to yourself, what am I gonna do? Right? The the opportunity to be able to pivot and reinvent yourself. And I want you to write this down because you sound like a very strong thought leader. The power to recreate yourself lives inside your ability to understand your options, your resourcefulness, your connectivity, your network, your proximity to new people, the power of your proximity to new prospects. So, so optionality is the act of like fishing, but you're only going to catch what you're going to eat for the day. As long as you know, you've got a well-stocked lake, you'll never starve a day, but you've got to know where to go. You've got to know what your options are. You've got to know what's available to you. So you never, in fact, go all in on one thing that may not work because that's, that's the downside to it. I'll say this in conclusion. Oftentimes, just because we're focused and committed to one thing, if that thing does not work, how long shall I remain committed to it? How deep do I go with it? How much more money and time and effort and energy and resourcefulness do I put into it until I have to declare it a non-performing goal? Because that happens friends that happens. Sometimes we just pick a goal that quite frankly, won't perform. The market's not right. The time is not right. People aren't ready. 
you're too early, you're too late, right? You're not, it's just not performing. So I don't like focus too much, except as an act to govern yourself and to be disciplined with one act at a time. True. But I don't like, I don't like not having my options open because I want to be able to pivot. I like to be light on my toes. As Mike Tyson once told me, he was the reason why I'm light on my toes in the ring is because anyone can come in that ring at any time besides the opponent. And he's right. That's why he fights for his life every single day, every time in the ring and outside the ring. So focus is good as a discipline, but it's not, to me, it's not the one rigor I would want to have all the time. I hope that answered uh, both your questions and also spoke to the earlier comment. All right. Thanks, Richard. Thank Great. you. Thank you for that. And who's next? Great stuff, guys. D-Rock, I have one, one, one thing ahead. I'd love to add. Go ahead, Ed. Uh, Richard, thanks very much for your for your thoughts this morning. Uh, I'm curious, do uh, either C-Rock or Richard, have you guys ordered uh, Ed Milet's The Power of One More new book? No, I've not. I'm currently writing my own book, so I, I don't read too many books. Okay. In fact, well, I, don't, you, I, don't find, I don't find myself reading too many other books, especially as an author and a curator of academia, because I don't want to collect too many other thoughts that belong to other people. I, so I respect that. I, find myself, I respect that. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest yeah. for many of my fellow champions that you should check out The Power of One More. It's uh, you, You're hitting all around the topic this morning, for sure. It's, it's, you have to trust yourself. And the way you trust yourself is, is if you're going to do those 10 reps, just add one more. That's it. I, I love that you said that. And I'm glad that you, you shared that. And your conviction speaks volumes to the spirit of the statement. You know, the power of one more is just, you know, just doing one more. And it's not about exhausting yourself. It's not about tiring yourself. It's not about putting your family at risk. It's not about upsetting your wife or upsetting your husband or the kids or making do without. It's just experiencing a stretch, right? And the moment you know you're stretching, perpetual you, stretch for sure. That's right. You you experience a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of uncertainty, a, a little bit, just a little bit, you know, just a little bit, but a little bit long enough where you notice that you stretch, and that stretch expands the way your muscles respond, your mind behaves, and the way you recall what it's like to be outside that zone of comfort for just a little while. You don't want to panic. If you sense panic, then you've stretched too hard, too long, or in the wrong direction. But you want to feel the stretch. You want to feel the discomfort. No different from stretching your legs, your back, or a bottle, a bottle part. If you're stretching and you feel it, that's the stretch. If it hurts, then you've gone too far. Thanks very much for your contributions, guys. Excellent segment. I, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed. We got uh, time for one more, and then we'll send Rich off to his day and send all of you off to wherever you're going today. It's Coralie. Uh, go ahead, Coralie. Hey, you know, you, Richard, thank you so much for your uh, contribution this morning. This has been amazing. You Appreciate started, that. yes, thank you. Uh, you started talking about, you know, we're um, creatures of habit. What if you are not a creature of habit? How does this apply? And I, I don't know if this is a really long conversation or something really small, but my husband is a creature of non-habit. Like when he leaves the house, wherever he goes, it's different every time. Like everything he does is different every time. And I'm amazed by it. Like every day I'm in awe of how his brain works. I just don't get it because I'm the exact opposite. So I would love your thoughts on um, creatures that don't live in that habit space and how that, you know, that relates to their ability to be comfort or their comfortable, that need to be comfortable. Well, it's uh, great to 
it's great to hear it's great to hear your voice Coralie. and uh, it sounds like you're married to an entrepreneur that that's number one that'll be my guesstimate um number one but number two is that might be his norm you know he sounds like me my, my days don't look the same so so i don't ever leave my home where my day looks the same as yesterday now that is for me normal for me that's my environment of a predictable comfortability so i have to constantly catalyze disruptive agents into my day that causes and creates disruption and i'm addicted to it i have to be honest i i'm i'm someone who thrives on unpredictability and the reason why is because out of unpredictability comes the most unpredictable things because it's only through crisis and collaboration or even upset or discourse comes opportunities. And so for your husband, he, he, he actually is, I would, I would actually assert, my dear, that he is a creature of habit and that habit is normalized for him. That, that's his habit. It is, he, is a, he is a creator of a very predictable environment which occurs for you as unpredictable, but that's normal for him as I, I empathize that that's normal for me. So the reality is, is that the greatest way to catalyze an unpredictable tomorrow, which creates for you opportunity folks, and Coralie, you'll appreciate this because it might have you align with your husband in different ways, is, is talk to people you never would. And you know who they would be. Talk to people you normally wouldn't. Enter into new conversations you've never entered into different industries, into different vocations, into different services, or, 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 and begin to look at opportunities outside the world in which you've operated in. And that way, what you have is the opportunity of cross-pollinating, cross-training yourself into worlds and into conversations you're not really, really well prepared for. And that right there will have your mind turn upside down. And when it does, it rewires itself. No different from when you go to your vacation spot for the first day, you guys ever notice this? And you're, you're like wandering around, you don't know where the towels are, you don't know how to get chairs, you don't even know where the buffet is, you don't even know what direction the beach is in. And you're wandering around, by about the second day you figured it out, by the third day it's masterful. By the fourth day you're likely sitting in the same area, you know exactly where to get your towels, and you know what you're having for lunch, right? We'll establish those patterns of predictability. But the cool part is that what you should do is right in that moment, pack your things and go to another resort. Why? Because that's what it means to keep shifting and changing your environment. So we are creatures of habit, just the way we perceive it in other people's world, it might look like it's just normal for them. So, uh, but that was a great observation. And I, I wish both you and your husband really well, Coralie. Thank you so much for that, because I just have to laugh at what you said. And it's, um, it's so true. And I appreciate the way he operates. I just really struggled to understand it. So I really appreciate your input there. Thank you so Cor much. Coralie, just, just taking this from, from a man who's married to, to a woman that sounds like you, you got to know this. See it as a blessing. See it as a miracle. See, see it truly as a gift in your life's experience because people aren't built that way. They're, they're grown that way. So marvel at it. Just marvel at it and see what the, you can learn from him. Thank you. I, I am. I do marvel. That's for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Rich. Thank you so much for your time today. Great to hear your voice again. Let's connect very soon uh, on some projects and do some masterful things together that impact this planet to create unstoppable people. Tyrone.
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.